Growing your beauty business doesn't have to be overwhelming. It's all about mastering a few key strategies and systems to save you time. Welcome to Beauty Marketing Simplified, a podcast dedicated to helping you on your entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, April Meese. I'm a permanent cosmetic artist that built my six-figure business while only working three days a week and raising twin toddlers. I'm here to tell you it is possible for you too. With a background in spa marketing, it's my mission to help women worldwide get more profits while pursuing their passion and purpose. Let's transform your beauty business for more income and less stress starting right now. What I'm actually going to do with all the tips I'm going to give you, I'm going to start from the beginning right to the end. My big thing is like saving time. So I actually would say, we well, we can never get time back. So time is our biggest asset. We can never get time back. So everything I do is like, how can I save time? So for me, in, in the treatment room, saving time means that I can get more clients, that I can get more revenue as well, because I can get more clients, our work and what I actually do from the start. So one of the things I will, I'll start right back at the consultation and the forms when somebody actually calls uh, myself, they'll call the office. And I do actually have somebody speaking uh, about me for for appointments I never actually take those calls myself because I always think uh, that somebody else can talk about you uh, better than you can probably talk about yourself so I always get them booking the appointments I send out the forms beforehand so this saves me time I get them to fill out the medical health forms send those back everything's been checked for they even come into clinic um, and that's how I actually work Alternatively, guys, for yourself, if you want to feel more confident, so when you're doing the treatment, do do two appointments, either a Zoom uh, consultation or get your clients in first and make sure that you're doing a consultation beforehand, you're checking what pigments you're going to use, you're taking photographs, you know what style of eyebrows you're going to use, you can be printing your photographs off, draw on your photographs, so when your client comes back in for that treatment, you know... You're going to be absolutely spot on. You've drawn their eyebrows several times on your printed paper. That will save you time. So my next one is when my clients do actually come in, all that I get them signing is their consent form. They've actually had all the patch tests, the medical forms and everything. They've got them. So they sent them back to us. It's just their consent form. But what I do for me to be able to do the amount of clients that I do in a day because I do quite a lot of guys in a day, I do have an assistant that works with me. And my assistant then allows me to just tattoo, basically. She does all the paperwork. She talks them through everything, what's going to happen. She'll even ask their expectations and she'll run them through even the aftercare as well. So she's actually even applying the numbing creams. So by the time the client comes to me, all I've actually got to do is find out their expectations check what their goals are basically, analyse the skin types and just do the treatments, what the client's actually wanting to do. So when a client walks through my door after seeing my assistant, my gorgeous assistant Jane, and if you haven't got an assistant, guys, that was working with you, in the salons that you work in, I'm sure there will be somebody who's actually on reception. So teach the person who's on reception to go through the forms and teach them how to greet your clients and go through the forms and do the numbing creams as well for you. So when my client comes through the door, basically my client sits on the bed, 
I sit at the side of my client, so I'm at the same level, and I just actually probably spend five minutes, and all I go through is any of their concerns, um, what they want to achieve, and then I don't do a lot of chit-chat, I just really get to the questions they're asking me. And at that, that stage, then I'd take the photograph, and then I would go to the design aspect. So before I carry on, I'll pass over to April. So kind of along with what Karen was saying, I like to tell my clients that I'm going to do the five P's and those stand for prep, pictures, paperwork, payment, and then procedure. And I do that. So one, I kind of let them know what to expect. And so they realize I'm in control. We don't start going off, you know, on lots of questions and rabbit holes. And I just say, okay, well, we got to get through these five P's and I do the prep and I'm prepping their skin and then I'm taking the before pictures. So I don't know if any of you have ever ran into that. Definitely when you're first starting, you can forget to take the before pictures, especially if the client just starts talking and asking you questions and you're kind of mindful of time. You just kind of get to the procedure and start designing the eyebrow without taking the pictures, the before pictures. So the prep, the pictures, and then, you know, I know everybody does this a little differently, but I have my clients actually fill out the paperwork while they're numbing. So you can do that after the design. So we do that um, other paperwork. So this is additional paperwork to the consultation. And then I take their payment before we ever start the procedure. And I actually got that because I have an assistant that can do those things as well. But I like to know that the card has been run. I heard a permanent makeup artist. I want to say it was Debbie Guastella, and it was back in 2009, and she was speaking at the Society of Permanent Cosmetic Professionals, and I think this was one of our side networking things. She was telling a story about how, you know, somebody left without paying, and it just shocked me because I thought, oh, would anybody ever do that? The truth is, the longer you're in business, the more you'll see different things happen, and, you know, there are ways, obviously, you know, when they're booking your appointment, you have their credit card, but Sometimes those credit cards, they change them. And so I like to know that the credit card that I have at that moment that's already been run through works, and then they can sign it and put the tip on it later, but I take the payment then before I start the procedure. And so I'll go back to Karen or Vicky. That's happened to me as well. Yeah, I've had a client who did not want to pay. Not only did she not want to pay, then she actually tried to take it further. I won't use the word S word. What she actually did, guys, She'd actually taped me. So you can imagine she, her intentions were not to pay. She actually taped my conversations as well. So brilliant idea, April. I think actually, to be quite honest with you, that could be a great idea. We might even take the money up front before they even come into the treatment, before they even have the treatment, guys. So I'll just tell you, I've had people say, oh, I can't find my credit card. And all of a sudden, they can't find their credit card. And then I say, well, we can't do the procedure. And miraculously, they find a credit card. It was in their wallet that they never saw, or they decide that they're going to go call a friend to bring a credit card. I don't want to say people have bad intentions, but you basically, you're just protecting yourself, and that's what we have to do in business. Over to you, Vicki. So my tip that speeds me up a little bit is when you've got somebody on your treatment bed and they're adamant that one eyebrow's longer than the other and you don't really want to get your calipers on it because you're going to contaminate everything. So I don't know if you guys know this trick, but I love this and I will explain it to you. So if you're laid down on the bed, you're behind them. I will get a piece of tissue and I will lay it across their forehead 
and then with a cocktail stick, I will mark the start point of the eyebrow um, <laughs> on, and lift it onto the tissue. And then I will go to the end of the eyebrow and I will put a mark on the tissue. So say I'm doing the right side. So now on this bit of tissue, you've got the length of the eyebrow. I then pick that bit of tissue up and I put it the other side and I check that the lengths are the same. So for me, it's a way of checking quickly because sometimes, you know, when you're when they're laid back, it's hard to tell. And then it also gives you confidence to your clients say, I've checked them they're right and when they feel they're right it just speeds the whole thing up rather than them sitting up in front of the mirror looking analyzing because I believe you see what you look for and I think that sometimes our clients want to make sure that their eyebrows are perfect which I would as well if I was a client but by doing this test and you have confidence in that I think when you have confidence that you've checked them and you know they're the right length then you can put that into your client if you see what I mean and then she's more comfortable and then you get through the treatment so much quicker so that's my tissue trick (laughs) so guys back to artistry and drawing on your eyebrows which can be the most stressful part of the procedure but I really do have a no stress policy when I'm drawing so when I'm drawing once I've found out my client's expectations we I will actually uh, choose, look at the face shape and choose one of the brow guides. Um, I'm sure most of you know that I was the one who brought the brow guides in over five years ago. So I would choose a brow guide, either a low, medium or high, depending on the face shape. But you can do anything, guys. You can do the rulers, the calipers, you can draw freehand, the string method. Um, But I'll always choose a brow guide. Um, And what I always say, I have like an 80-20 method, which I'll put my brow guide on. I'll draw with a extremely sharp pencil. I will actually probably sharpen my pencil three or four times at least. And I'll draw fine detail airstrokes with a fine pencil. And I will actually aim to get 80% of my brows on there, possibly minimum time of like three or four minutes. Do it really, really quickly. I then take off my brow guide. And then I will actually start tweaking those eyebrows once I've taken off my brow guide and start shaping them more if I want them thicker, if I want them a slightly different shape, if I want them closer in. I do another 10% of the tweaks. Another little tip as well, guys, I can give for you is that when you're actually doing the brows, especially at the bulb areas, so just get your pen and just imagine that you're drawing that, your client's left brow, but it's your right-hand side. This is if you're right-handed, guys. So you're drawing that right eyebrow. And as you're drawing it, just look. If you've got that pen in your hand and you're drawing, just look how there's curvature in your hands as you're drawing. Right? Can you see that? Are we all doing it? Then now, draw your client's left eyebrow, but it really is what you're looking your, your Draw your client's right eyebrow, but you're looking at it and it's on your left side. Draw that brow. Guys, can you see what's happening with your hand? And this, guys, is for everybody who's right-handed. Do the opposite if you're left-handed. Can you see what's happening? As you're drawing from the base upwards, your hand is a lot straighter. So from the base upwards and on your right side, it's more curved. And from the base upwards, it's straighter as you're drawing up. That is, that's the reason why you'll get two different bulbs. So I always say, I will draw... On the brow, what I can see, which is on my right-hand side, I'll draw from the top downwards. 
from those first strokes of the brows. The reason why I do that, then I get a straighter and I get the same angle as the other side, guys. So that's a little bit of a teaching lesson. Just You can all sit down, put your pens down. Um, but that's my 90% of the brows that I've actually drawn on. So from then, what I do, my brow guide's off. I actually then pick up a mirror. I don't choose a massive mirror. I just choose quite a small mirror. And I will ask my client at that stage, just take a little look at her brows. What does she think? And we'll actually say to her, I've drawn two different. They both are not the same. I have to be honest with you guys. I intend to draw, draw them the same. But because one side of your face is flatter and one side of your face is rounder, you will always find that they slightly look different. And so your clients will slightly look different. So I'll ask her which one she prefers. And she'll normally say, I prefer this one because of X, Y, Z. To me, I'm probably thinking, I can't really see much difference. But she's actually, she can see the difference. I then tweak my last 10% of those brows. And I can honestly say, on most clients, I've really got those brows on within far less than 10 minutes. Five to 10 minutes is my maximum of putting those brows on. What I don't do, guys, I don't ever sit my client in, a, in front of a big massive mirror because I just find that they're just looking constantly. They're analysing what you're doing. You're wondering what they're thinking. I draw them without them being able to see in a mirror. And then when I give them the mirror, don't give them a massive mirror. I give them a like smallish type mirror um, so that they can just, just see the face and just see their eyebrows. Um, and it doesn't give them any obstruction for anything else anywhere else. I have to say and be really honest that if I get to 30 minutes, I've still not agreed with my client that at that stage, guys, I can tell you what I have when I say I have a no stress policy. I will give my client a pencil and I'll give them a baby wipe and I'll say, do you know what? I really would love you to draw your brows on, see how you go. I will give you five, ten minutes just to relax yourself and make sure you get that right shape. And I'll leave the treatment room because by that time, I myself, I'm thinking, I've had enough of her. I can't cope with it no more. It's taken me too long to draw her eyebrows on. And I will actually leave the treatment room and make myself a drink and a, and a chocolate bar at that stage. I will come back in and I can 100% guarantee within five minutes, if your client have act has actually had hold of that pencil and feels like they've actually done the final strokes or that final design, my client will be happy. If you get to 45 minutes, guys, and she's still not drawn, or this is what I do in my clinic if I've got to 45 minutes and she's still not decided, I actually won't go ahead with the treatment because I do know for a fact that I'm probably going to have problems with that client. And, and at some stage, she's probably tweaking it and I'm thinking to myself, I really shouldn't be doing this client because they are the clients that you do have problems with in the future. So mine's like, I really do a five to 10 minutes maximum drawing. And for you, you might think, well, I can't draw eyebrows in that amount of time. And it's because I've practiced and practiced and practiced of drawing eyebrows. My big tip for you guys is to make sure that you keep practicing drawing eyebrows and set your alarm for 10 minutes and see what you can do and see how you can actually see what you can achieve in that 10 minute time. And I really want to say don't faff, just get on with it and stop faffing. And if anybody wants to have a check on YouTube as well, if you want to type in Karen Beck, Brow Guide on YouTube. There's a, a video what I think I pulled pull up about five years ago and you can just see me actually putting the brow guides on as well. And uh, if you don't use them, you can see how quick they are for you to use. Um, but guys, 
the brow mapping is brilliant as well and the, the calipers. But try the tip of doing a 10-minute maximum, no faffing, drawing eyebrows on. And you'll, you'll see a difference. You'll start quickening up in everything that you're doing in drawing. I think I've said enough. That was one of my tips, Karen. Those brow guides are brilliant. I love them. I use them all the time. In fact, when you first brought them to the States at uh, SPCP, I think I bought like, I don't know, maybe a thousand of them. I kind of went a little crazy buying them because they were so brilliant and still use them to this day, even though I also know of the tissue technique that Vicky talked about and other techniques. I still kind of love to use those brow guides, especially when people think that they you know, when they tell me, oh, I want a high arch or I want a medium arch and I show them kind of quickly where that might be without sketching out the entire brow, then they're like, oh no, I want it a little bit lower. And it's easy. It's quicker to do it kind of that way to show them the difference. But yep. Love those brow guides. All right. Over to you, Vicki. So Karen, you might appreciate this one, maybe. <laughs> Why am I always obsessed with tying Karen into everything? So I have a little bit of a rule in my clinic when, when I do eyebrow treatment. I really hate lateness. I have a rule that if a client doesn't turn up within 15 minutes, I will not do her. If it's a genuine, like say there was really bad traffic or they called in or something like that, then I'm not that horrible. But if somebody just comes in 15 minutes late, that's 15 minutes of your time. And if you don't say anything to them, the next time they come in, they think that it's acceptable. So I will just politely say it's gone over by 15 minutes and it's going to ruin the rest of my clients and my treatments, which it would do as well if you're packed out for the whole day. And none of my clients now ever turn up late and uh, my sister's in this room as well right now and she can vouch for me <laughs> so for you to make sure that you stick to your time and stick to your schedule I think it's really important to not actually be rude or horrible like that but just explain to them nicely and just say do you know you're 15 minutes over your appointment time and it's now going to ruin it for the rest of the day so I'm really sorry we're going to have to move your appointment so that's what I do or I give them the option to not have so long numbing but whichever way, they tend to not turn up late anymore because I don't know if you guys witness this. Once a client starts turning up late and they think it's acceptable, they turn up late all the time. So that's one of my rules to boom in the treatment room is to just set a standard and train your clients that actually their time isn't more important than yours and your time isn't more important than theirs. But at least then you have this understanding and you have a level ground where they know what you expect of them. So that's my tip. Guys, check this with your pigments when you get home. I know a lot of pigments are similar to ours, uh, that they've got a lot of powder concentrate and they've not got a lot of carrier on there. But if you've got a pigment, what does have a lot of carrier, and when I say carrier, it means the product which is at the top, which is the liquid, which is your isopropyl alcohol, glycerin and water. Um, if you've got a lot of carrier on the top of your pigment, all that's actually doing is diluting your pigment so it will heal softer in the skin so if that's what you want perfect that's what you want that ombre style you want it to heal softer but i want the most intense strokes in on, in on my first pass i'm opposite to vicky i want my i want my strokes all in on the first pass so to me i need to have like a pigment what's got very high concentrated powders and little amount of liquid which is on the top Another little tip from that though, guys, make sure all your products, all your pigments do have the liquid on the top because it is actually keeps your pigments sterile. 
So then that type of pigment will get the most intensity when you're doing those fine hair strokes and detail strokes. And then it all depends on the needle you choose, um, depending on the look what you want. The smaller the needle, the more intense you will actually get your colours. So if you use a machine, if you use a number one needle, you will get uh, strong pigments in there, the more intense you've actually got because the, cool, the smaller the needle, the more intense that pigment will actually be. I will actually pass across to April now. Okay, guys, yeah. So, Vicky, if you have a final tip. Yeah, I have one more thing that I use in a treatment room. And I do try to get as much in in one pass, and I do work slow. I do. I work because the slower that you work, the more pigment you get in. But many a times, you might wipe away and you've kind of lost your arch on one side. So, what I do is I will find the high point, the arches, and I'll put a dot on there with a little bit of pigment. And then the side that I've still got the eyebrow that I want to match the other side, what I do is I put a piece of thread on the arch and then I run the thread down the side of the arch of the one that you still got there and I follow it right the way down to see what part of your ear that bit of thread touches. And then I then put that bit of thread on the other side and I attach the thread to the arch and then I then run the thread down to the exact same part of the other ear and then that gives me the angle of the arch again without having to waste time, sit them back up and check. So I hope that made sense by just explaining it. But I find using thread when you've lost your way and gauging what part of the ear the thread touches really helps to match it the other side without having to sit the client up, look like you've lost everything. So you can just have a little mini flap behind their head, put that in, and that really, really helps me. And that makes my treatment a little bit quicker. So that's, I think, my tip for now. And I will hand back to whoever wants to take over. So, yeah, so as Vicky actually said, like your position, your speed, your pressure, um, your speed, guys, the slow means fast. So if you slow down, you will get that pigment in uh, quicker. And your pressure as well, you don't need to have a, a strong pressure. I always say don't go too deeply. Be very light in my pressure because my pigment will stay in there. Minimum amount of bleeding. Whilst I'm working, I'd make sure that I've got a great three-way stretch. You see, some people don't stretch as much. I think I must be an old-fashioned girl. I still do my three-way stretch from years ago. My pigment's in there. It just glides very in. Um, I'm also actually using what I call pigment bath. I'm putting some colour through uh, my brows as I'm working. By, I'll just my finger in my pigment and brush it across just to see how the strokes have actually gone actually into the eyebrows. And what I don't do, guys, I don't overuse numbing cream. I'll put my first numbing cream on. I'll put my second layer of numbing cream on, uh, what's got epinephrium in there. And then I actually just leave that area uh, just to numb just for like three or four minutes. And at that stage, guys, that's when I talk to my client. Up to then, I've really just concentrated on doing the treatment. So I can probably like do brows probably 20, 25 minutes when they're actually on my treatment couch and I minimise my numbing creams. The reason why I minimise my numbing creams is because I want minimum amount of swelling the less numbing creams you have guys i always feel that your treatments can heal quicker so that is my philosophy in front of me i'll do my final little areas um sat on my bed and then i will share the mirror with my clients but what i do before i do that i put my brow guides back on 
I check everything again with my brow guys back on. Um, so I know that I check my arch, my tails and my bulb areas just to make sure they're absolutely spot on. And then guys, um, we'll talk about aftercare. I'm sure that'll come up with aftercare with the questions that you guys are going to shout out at us. And one of the things I do, once I've talked about my aftercare, I will be taking my client's money once I'm actually talking to them about aftercare, taking the money and rebooking their next procedure or in 12 months time. So, and all that, I really have to say that really, I have like one hour every new client, what's actually in my treatment room. And I do actually do 30 minutes for a colour boost every 12 months. And being honest, guys, I can actually do all that because I don't talk much to my clients. I really concentrate uh, and I can even finish at some stage before the hour. That means I can be real prepped for my next client. Finally, some of the times, or a lot of the times, I do have two rooms. So whilst my assistant's being tidy in one room and prepping me for my client, I then can walk into another room and do my next treatment in my other room where my, my other client's already prepped. So that was a quick one run through, guys. Jill, go ahead and tell us your top tip for brow retention or permanent makeup procedure. Hi, well, thank you for having me up. My name is Jill Hoyer. I've been in the permanent makeup industry about 20 years, and my focus and passion in the permanent makeup world has been all about where I struggled, and that was with needles. So, And one of those things is just working with a multitude of needles, and that is one of the booms where when you get to know more needles than just one or two, you can be more efficient in your design, just in your brows, your lips, your eyes. So that's uh, one quick boom. But one of the booms that I found that really has helped me in the treatment room save time is doing permanent makeup rolls. So I get everything laid out and on a white plastic bag, and I have my pigment cup, my little wiping pads, Q-tips, microbrush, mask, everything I need for that procedure. And so I have all these rolls made for every week and I just take a roll and I unroll it onto my tray. Saves me lots of time from going in and out of drawers and cabinets and things like that. So that's a great time-saving tip. And then the other one I want to share is I recently learned from two other newer artists their process of doing the eyebrows. And they were outlining with a single. And then they said after they do that, they apply the cream anesthetic. They go back and do a pass and then they do the gel. So I would say, you know, skip the cream anesthetic. So do your outline, get your pattern in there so you're comfortable. And then what I do with my needles, turn my machine speed down and I gently etch with pigment. It's not really to get pigment in the skin, but just kind of gently etch over the brow. You already have your pattern in there. And then I put the gel anesthetic on and that saves you time from having to apply the cream anesthetic. I don't start with numbing. And now your skin is basically primed. It's ready to receive pigment and it's numbed all in the same step. And that saves lots of time too. Thank you. I love that, Jill. That was such a great tip. And I also had heard 
that if you press between the eyes, like the third eye, that is an acupressure point that also helps to reduce, pushes actually on the nerve that runs to the sinuses, through the eyes and sinuses that makes you feel like you want to sneeze. And so if you push right between the eyes, the third eye as it's known, then that acupressure point will keep them from sneezing as well. Talking about the tips coming up for marketing trends in 2021 and beyond. And I know Mary, our lovely Mary Richardson, who's next to speak. I find that when I pre-draw that the only thing they look at is my frame, which is my, my harsh line around the, the shape of the brow. So I'll take a soft sponge, like the lip, uh, the lip sponges, and I'll soften my edges. And so we're almost only I can see it. And when they look in the mirror, they're, they're, like, they're not overwhelmed with a dark pencil-like drawing. So I, that, and of course, most of you all know that I do pre-draw all of my hair strokes on too. So it just makes for more of a, a good depiction of what it's going to look like when I tattoo it in the skin. So they're at ease. I do not let my clients talk at all and their eyes stay shut the entire time. So if they need me, I tell them just to raise their hand if they feel a sneeze coming on or they need to adjust their legs or their arms. I make sure that they raise their hand and I stop immediately. So, you know, I can do a full procedure in 45 minutes. I have them come 15 minutes early just to fill out paperwork. And then I spend the rest of the 45 minutes to just basically draw. And if I'm spending more than 10, 15 minutes drawing, I'll reschedule them because it throws a a wrench in the rest of my day. And I can draw an eyebrow. So if they don't like my drawing, I'll draw it on for them. Say, just wear it around for a couple of weeks. I'll see you when you come back. I don't want to rush you. Um, I want to make sure that you're 100% happy and comfortable with my design. I want you to feel happy about it. I don't want you to be nervous about doing it. So more so than not, when I pre-draw it on and I don't do them that day, they feel good. They're getting feedback from our family and friends. Oh, that looks great. Oh, that looks good. What'd you do? You look amazing. Then now they're feeling more confident. So when they come back, I take a picture too of my drawing. Then I can just draw it much quicker and then we can just go ahead and proceed with the procedure. Makes it a lot easier for both of us actually. I love that. So good. Karen, Vicki, did you guys have anything to add before? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I love that as well. Mary, I'm, I do similar. I actually do with the fine detail pencil. I will actually draw those hair strokes on and I really, uh, I draw them on like realism hair strokes. So I, I draw them how I want them. So most of the time the hair strokes, what I've drawn on is what I actually will go over the strokes and create that look, what I've actually drawn. So I always make it as real as possible and I'll always use a very dark pencil. It's in fact it's black and I use it very, very soft uh, with the strokes. I don't actually just use a a pale pencil because I actually feel that the darker pencils, the the colour can stand out slightly. The pale pencils, I can't really see my shape. I don't know if it it may look okay, but I can't 100% be 100% accurate that it's, it's the right shape if I've drawn like with a really soft blonde ash pencil. I will always draw fine details with a little bit of a darker pencil, even if I want a lighter colour. Yes, I do the same thing. It makes it a lot easier. And for us as artists, putting it in the skin, seeing it and doing it makes it a lot easier. (laughs) Yeah. I love all these tips. And we're on to Sarah. Tell us your top tip. Hello, lovely ladies. I hope you're all okay. Thank you for a wonderful room, as always. My top tip for time-saving is more of a a pre-treatment tip. So what I've been doing, obviously, with lockdown, we've had to pivot with the consultations. I've been doing video consultations. And on that consultation, I asked the client to send me, after I've spoken to them, I get them to send me a very clear picture, uh, front face on picture. And then I will draw on my iPad. I'll draw either a 
hair stroke brow or a powder brow um, and then send that back to them and it kind of gives them a like a pre-draw if you like before the treatment it also gives them a, a very a much better idea of how I'm seeing their brows and then when they come in for treatment obviously I've got a reference um, and they've also kind of pre-approved my idea of that that I want to draw how I want to draw their brows um, so um, yes yeah, so that's that's one little tip and another tip I have got is that I've learned to stop the waffle so what I used to do was I used to explain as I went along I used to tell Karen you'll probably remember this from me I used to tell everybody why I was doing everything, why I was drawing on in such a way, what pigment I was selecting, why I was selecting that pigment. And oh my goodness me, I don't do any of that anymore. I just tell them what, what I'm doing and that's it. <laughs> no explanations. So they're my two top tips for speed. And my name's Sarah and I finished speaking. And Sarah, I've yeah. started to do what you do too, um, especially with designing their eyebrows on an iPad, because there's so many different styles now that you're sort of half prepared to do an ombre, you're half prepared to do a hair stroke, you're not really sure. By sending that to them, you, when they come in, they've got more of an idea rather than like, uh, uh, I'm not sure. So that speeds it up as well. For sure. Hopefully, sorry, hopefully sorry. you're using microblading app for that because it's free. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that. So Anna has the microblading app. If you, um, it's a free app that you guys can, I think it's, it's a, I believe it's a free app. I think you just said that. that. And yep. everybody can check out her bio for more information on that. Thank you. I'm not happy with what they've actually drawn. I just actually say that this is not a design that I would actually choose for your face. And it's not something that I feel that I want to put my name to because I don't feel it's the right design. So obviously I'm not the right artist for you. So if this is the design that you want, and I've said this a few times, if this is the design you want, you need to find the right artist who can do this because I'm not prepared to do it. Because I know for a fact that's not the right for your face. Yeah. Um, and I will actually then, will leave one of their brows back on and I'll say, we'll give you a final decision. You can just decide now, I will finally draw this. And this is the design I would do. And it literally would take me two minutes again. And I'll give them the mirror and just by then, if you're not happy with that, I won't be doing treatment. Um, yeah. And that's how I do it, Lauren. But I actually do make sure that I tweak it. Actually, I can say that to make sure it actually is right, not just their yeah. final design. But yeah. I am 100%. If I'm not happy with what they do, I won't do it. And if then when I've come back in the rooms, guys, if they, and I would say to them, if I've drawn or whatever, I'll come back into the room. And once it's actually, I will literally spend minimum a few minutes either decide now or I'm not doing it so and then if I don't feel that if they're still on in an hour in I just say I'm doing your treatment today so you need to walk away walk around with these brows take photographs uh, and then come back when you're prepared to but really in a way I'll be really honest with you. one of the last tips about that as well always take a photograph after you've drawn always yeah. so yeah. then when your client comes back and says to you that's not what you drew i can say well this is a photograph of what i drew i took it straight after before i did the procedure i, I do the picture you, with Lauren. them Thank like with the drawing you. and with the thumbs up like they're showing the thumbs up you know just for extra insurance <laughs> thanks karen i also i draw on my brows beforehand i'll draw on the hair stroke and that's not only just to save time but it's also to kind of allow the client to see what they're going to get before we even start. So by the time we finish, we've, there's nothing else to add. So they know what they're going to get. Um, and also when I'm implanting those hair strokes um, with needle or with microblade, I don't keep on wiping those brows. I will implant the colour and then I'll let it sit and let that pigment oxidise 
and dry in the skin because I find that it speeds up the treatment um, so much more quicker. I don't know if anyone else does that, but that is my top tip for allowing your hair strokes to um, be in the skin and done and dusted in either one or two passes. Yeah, brilliantly, Anna. So, yeah, so, some of the time I do do that um, if my colour's pale. So when I've got a paler colour, um, I will actually just leave it there in the skin because if not, I'll actually do a colour bath at that time so I can yeah. see where those strokes are. Because if your colour's pale, you can't really see that colour, especially when you're microblading. You don't see that colour build up. But do a colour bath, like you just said, leave that colour in there and you can see those colours better within a few minutes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep. I agree. I, I also say as long as I can still see my design, I try not to overwipe the skin because the more we wipe, the more we can irritate the skin. So I love that as well. Okay, so guys, first of all, we always want to thank everyone that took the time to be here. Hopefully this is serving you and it's helping grow your business. Anyways, again, we want to thank you guys for all being here. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Beauty Marketing Simplified Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Make sure you subscribe, download, and also leave us a review. Let us know any topics that you would like to hear about. And also, definitely refer it to a friend. Thank you again for joining us. I'm signing off. This is April with Grit and Grace, Hugs and High Fives. See you next week.